Welcome to the Game Before the Money podcast, celebrating pro and college football history. This episode, Johnny Manziel and the 2012 Texas A&M Alabama game. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Game Before the Money podcast. I'm Jackson Michael, author of the book, The Game Before the Money, Voices of the Men Who Built the NFL. That book is an oral history of pro and college football published by the University of Nebraska Press and is available on Amazon.com. It features interviews with 40 NFL legends, including Bart Starr, Frank Gifford, and Bob Greasy. Today, however, I'm going to cover some history that's much more recent. 2012 Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Manziel was kind enough to grant a quick interview backstage at a recent TriStar Productions event at NRG Arena in Houston. I took that interview to talk to him about one of the most exciting college football games of the past 20 years. Texas A&M upsetting Alabama at Tuscaloosa in 2012. I was really excited to be able to go over that game with him and to put out an episode solely dedicated to college football, which I haven't done for a while. Johnny Manziel became the first freshman ever to win the Heisman Trophy in 2012, and the signature game of his season was that win over Alabama. We spent the majority of the interview talking about that game, but all of us grew up big fans of college football And Johnny Manziel is just like the rest of us in that regard. I asked him who his favorite players were growing up. Probably Vince Young. Vince Young and Reggie Bush. I got to watch a lot of very, uh, very good football through the early 2000s. Colt Brennan, uh, rest in peace, Colt Brennan was an absolute clinic at the quarterback position when I was growing up. Those were three guys I really looked up to. Colt Brennan, of course, the University of Hawaii quarterback, who led the NCAA in passing yards, completion percentage, and touchdowns in 2005 and 2006, who tragically passed away at the age of 37 in 2021. A note about Colt Brennan. Brennan threw 58 touchdowns in 2006. That's more in a single season than superstar NFL quarterbacks Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Kyler Murray threw in their entire college careers. Johnny Manziel came to Texas A&M out of Tyvee High School in Kerrville, Texas. He was redshirted as a freshman in what was Texas A&M's final year in the Big 12 Conference. There were a lot of changes around Kyle Field going into that 2012 season. The Aggies moved from the Big 12 to the SEC. They had a new head coach in Kevin Sumlin and a new offensive coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury. They also had a new quarterback, redshirt freshman Johnny Mansell. Cliff Kingsbury was a guy that believed in me and, and gave me a great opportunity in 10, 11 days in the camp and got called in in between practices. You know, I had a good thought that I was going to be named the starter and you know, I was playing good football and it all panned out. Manziel started the opening game of Texas A&M's 2012 season, a home game against SEC opponent Florida, Texas A&M's first ever SEC matchup. 
Manziel was the first freshman quarterback at Texas A&M since the 1940s. He started his collegiate career by completing 16 of his first 20 passes and added a rushing touchdown in the second quarter. That's a redshirt freshman playing against a ranked Florida team in his school's first ever SEC game against a defense with several future NFL players. A&M racked up 269 yards of offense against the Gators in the first half and led 17-10 at halftime. Although Florida eventually won the game by three points, Texas A&M's performance caught some attention. A&M pounded their next three opponents, including SEC rival Arkansas, and against Arkansas, Manziel broke the SEC single-game total yardage mark, racking up 557 yards by himself. That's not a team total. He had 453 yards passing that game and 104 yards rushing as a freshman quarterback in an SEC conference game. The previous record had been set by Archie Manning in 1969. A&M next faced Manning's alma mater, Mississippi, on the road and rallied from 10 points down in the fourth quarter to win against a team that's traditionally tough to beat in Oxford. Manziel rushed for a touchdown and threw for another in the fourth quarter comeback. That win moved A&M into the AP Top 25. The Aggies won three of their next four, two of those wins came against ranked teams. Remember now, this is a new head coach, a redshirt freshman quarterback, and a school playing in the SEC for the first time. So that brings us to the second week of November 2012. Texas A&M is ranked 15th in the country. Alabama is ranked number one. Manziel talks about what it was like for Texas A&M going into that game. You know, we didn't have a lot to lose in that game. We were the underdog. We're 15-point dogs going on the road. You know, our first year in the SEC going to play the mighty Alabama, who was undefeated. And we just left it all out there and could really just go after it and, and leave it all out on the field, and we did. A team that feels like it has nothing to lose can be dangerous in any sport. A lot of you listening out there probably remember this game, and if you were like me, you were thinking, okay, Manziel's fun to watch. A&M certainly played a lot better in the SEC than expected. They were 7-2 and two overall at the time. But what is that freshman going to do against Alabama? At Alabama. The scene at all before side of a lot of us was thinking that Nick Saban and company probably had some sort of a plan that would basically shut down the whole AM magic carpet ride. Alabama's quarterback was AJ McCarron, who was 21 and 1 as a starter and hadn't thrown an interception all season. Now remember, this is the second week in November. The defense had a couple of shutouts to its credit, and in a couple of games, they only gave up seven points. And incredibly, they hadn't given up a first quarter touchdown all season. Again, this is mid November. Now, those of us who watched college football for a long time had seen similar scenarios before. You had an upstart team with a breakout star having an amazing season until they played Florida State or Nebraska or Alabama. But then there's also that other side of the coin. 
the side of us that remembered Drew Brees as a sophomore leading Purdue to a bowl victory over fourth-ranked Kansas State, Cordell Stewart beating Michigan in the big house, Brett Favre of Southern Mississippi knocking off mighty Florida State as a junior, Doug Flutie's last-second win at Miami, and like Johnny Manziel certainly remembered, Vince Young upsetting USC in the Rose Bowl for the national championship. Magic does exist in college football, and it's a big reason why we watch. And that's what was intriguing about the Texas A&M-Alabama game in 2012. It's certainly why I was excited about the game, not because I was a fan of either team, but because I'm a fan of the Magic. And like a lot of you, I know that if a premier team lets an underdog hang around too long, anything can happen, especially if that underdog has a quarterback who can extend plays and or seems to have those intangibles that makes his whole team believe they can win. Now, to put the scenario in context, this game was really the first time that Manziel had played on national television. ESPN had shown a couple of A&M games by this point, but this was the first time that the whole country could watch Manziel on the big-time CBS SEC game of the week. A lot of people had heard something of Manziel by this point, but hadn't had a chance to see him play. Those people got their first chance with just over 13 minutes left in the first quarter. A&M took over on their own 27 after a 59-yard punt. Manziel ran a quarterback draw on first down and then completed a short slant on second down to Ryan Swope. And in two plays, A&M already had a first down. Two plays after that, the Aggies were across midfield at Alabama's 43. Manziel then ran up the middle, broke into the open field, stiff-armed the defensive back and dashed out of bounds at the Bama 15. A 29-yard gain and in just five plays the Aggies were knocking on the door after their defense had netted a three and out to start the game. Two plays after Manziel's run, Texas A&M had a first down inside the five. So at this point AM had made some plays, but if you've watched a lot of sports, you know that this is a must-score situation for the underdog, even though we're less than five minutes into the game. And by must-score, I mean touchdown. There's no room for missed opportunities on the road early in the game against Alabama. And AM took advantage of the opportunity. Kristen Michael punched it in from the one for a touchdown. The seven points were more than Alabama gave up in the first quarter so far that season. They'd only given up six total first quarter points the whole year to that point. Again, remember, this is mid-November. Texas A&M took less than three minutes to drive over 70 yards for a touchdown. So the underdog did what it needed to do. But this also happens sometimes. Upstart team, looks good on their first drive, gets a touchdown, but you'd never know it in the end. Occasionally, games against premier teams like Alabama start that way, 
and end up a lopsided win for the perennial powerhouse. Watching this game, I remember being impressed, but I also kind of expected to see Alabama eventually solve AM's offense and eventually pull away. On Alabama's next possession, however, A.J. McCarron threw his first interception of the year, which was his first in almost 300 passing attempts, dating back to the previous season. A safety hit Alabama's receiver right as the ball was delivered, and linebacker Sean Porter grabbed the ball out of the air, and he also made a nice return to Alabama's 41-yard line. On first down for AM, Manziel faked an option and threw it right down the middle for 32 yards and a first and goal on the nine. It was one of those great throw, great catch kind of plays. Then Bama's defense stiffened and had AM tangled up with a third and goal from the 10. I'm sure quite a few people watching were thinking what I was thinking. Alabama would hold AM to a field goal, it would be 10 to nothing, and not that big of a deficit for the Crimson Tide at home, especially early in the game. Manziel looked to the sidelines for a long moment after the offense lined up for the third down play, and then he apparently called an audible, yelling to his teammates before the snap. And Alabama's pass rush immediately disrupted the play. Manziel ran into his own lineman and actually bobbled the ball into the air. He quickly grabbed it, but was surrounded by traffic and it looked like a sure sack. Manziel spun out of it, however, and in a blink of an eye, he was in the clear running to his left. He then threw across his body to a wide open Ryan Swope in the end zone. It was a perfect pass that hit Swope right between the numbers for a touchdown. Announcer Vern Lundquist was clearly surprised by what happened, and commentator Gary Danielson summed it up by saying, you can't teach that and you can't defend that. Call it luck, call it magic, whatever it was, Manziel did three remarkable things on that play. First, he extended the play. He then recovered from running into his own lineman and had the presence of mind to grab the floating ball out of midair after the collision. He then threw a perfect strike across his body for a touchdown. Manziel tells us about that play that put AM up by two touchdowns in the first quarter. They have a great pass rush there those years, a great defense, so it's probably a little antsy in the pocket coming out and you know, ran into the back of my own lineman, the ball popped in the air and was lucky to make a play on it and catch it. And then when something happens like that, the defense kind of breaks down. There's a little void and, you know, Swope did a good job of finding a hole in the back of the end zone. It was a legendary play that I still look back on today and just wonder kind of how it did happen. There were eight minutes left in the first quarter and AM was up 14 to nothing after the sensational and memorable play. It's pretty easy to find that highlight online if you want to see it. Plays like that inspire teams. AM's defense forced another three and out. And on the ensuing drive, Manziel pulled off another great play on a third and six from the AM 40. He scrambled to his left to pick up the first down and got AM inside the Bama 30. I asked Manziel about picking up yardage after escaping the pocket against Alabama. He said that Bama's game plan might have helped create opportunities. 
I think they just broke contain a couple times on third down and you know we were able to go pick it up with our feet. They were playing a lot of man and running around. You know, they were trying to just out physical us and out athletic us and you know when you play man like that and you're running guys down the field, there's a, a lot of space to run as a quarterback. AM soon punched it over the goal line again from short yardage. Three touchdowns in the first quarter. They were five for five on third down and had mighty Alabama reeling at home. After that third touchdown, the Aggies had 172 yards in the first quarter. Alabama had 26. Manziel himself had 74 yards rushing in the first quarter, more yards than Alabama's entire offense. The Aggies missed the extra point after their third touchdown, so it was 20 to nothing. Now, to give you some historical perspective, Alabama gave up three touchdowns in the first quarter against Utah in the 2009 Sugar Bowl. The Tide lost that game 31-17. But giving up three touchdowns in one quarter at home? When had Alabama ever done that before? Okay, well, of course, if you've listened to the show long enough, you probably know I tried to look it up. In 2007... Alabama gave up three touchdowns at home in the fourth quarter to Arkansas in a game that the Tide came back to win 41-38 with a last-second field goal. The last time that I could find that Alabama gave up 21 points at home in the first quarter was 1995 against Tennessee at Legion Field in Birmingham where Alabama occasionally had home games for many seasons. In 1995, Tennessee had a kid named Peyton Manning playing quarterback, and Tennessee won that game 41-14. In 2012, Alabama trailed Texas A&M by 20 after 15 minutes of football and had yet to record a first down on offense. But if you watched this game, you knew that Roll Tide wasn't about to roll over. Bama scored a touchdown on their first possession of the second quarter, a 13-play, 74-yard drive that included making a fourth and four by a hair. The Crimson Tide scored another touchdown before halftime after stopping Texas A&M on a fourth and short to take the ball on downs. The score stood 20-14 to at halftime. Johnny Manziel was 15 of 16 passing in the first half for 118 yards and a touchdown. He also had 82 yards rushing. That's as close to perfect as you can get. Remember, redshirt freshman on the road at Alabama. A lot of times the beginning of the second half can tell you a lot about how the rest of the game's going to go. Both defenses registered a three and out, and this game was shaping up to be a classic. Alabama kicked a field goal in the third quarter to pull within 20 to 17. A&M responded with a drive into Alabama's red zone and kicked their own field goal early in the fourth quarter to make it 23 to 17. It was a six point game. The Aggies missed an opportunity to extend that lead with about 10 minutes left Ryan Swope made an outstanding catch over the middle before taking a huge hit from future NFL star Ha Ha Clinton Dix. 
That got AM within striking distance, but a field goal attempt sailed wide right. Often mistakes like a missed extra point and squandered opportunities late in the game spelled disaster for underdogs on the road, especially against blue blood programs like Alabama in the middle of one of their golden eras. And Alabama immediately made AM pay. AJ McCarron hit Amari Cooper on a long pass that picked up 51 yards on first down. Bama had the ball at the Texas A&M 38. And just as you might have thought that the home team was about to take control of the game, Alabama fumbled on the next play and A&M recovered. And this wasn't one of those fumbles where the runner got careless with the ball. Four Aggies ganged together to force the fumble. On the ensuing first down, Manziel hit Swope on a play-action pass that put the Aggies on Bama's 24-yard line. Manziel made an exceptional throw on the play and hit Swope in stride between multiple defenders. The catch put Swope over 100 yards receiving for the fourth time that season. Manziel talks about the turn of events and Ryan Swope's impact in the game really stalled in, in, in the third and early in the fourth quarter there and then we get a turnover you know throw a wheel right route to swope down the sideline on a pull-up pass and then uh hit him on another uh, another ball across the middle that he took a huge shot on and then we throw the corner route in the end zone so we went from you know a turnover three plays later you know our final touchdown in the game and, and the touchdown eventually sealed it for us so you know capitalizing on turnovers making big plays and you know ryan swope is a guy that will always be a legend in my mind for for those plays he made on the next play, Manziel threw to the other side and hit Malcolm Kennedy for a touchdown. Yeah, Malcolm Kennedy ran a great route. That was against D. Milner, a first-round pick the next year. And ran a good route, got a wobbly ball off, and ended up dropping it in there. So, you know, what a legendary day for us to go into Tuscaloosa and come out with a win. AM missed the two-point conversion and led by 12 points, 29-17. to 17. But this game wasn't over. There were eight and a half minutes left to play. For comparison, USC's Dwayne Jarrett scored a touchdown to put the Trojans up by 12 against Texas with just over six and a half minutes left in the famous BCS championship game between USC and Texas that Texas won with that famous Vince Young touchdown at the end. So a lot of time left for Alabama, especially at home, and the tide countered quickly. A.J. McCarron threw a beautiful 54-yard bomb to Amari Cooper to make it a five-point game at 29-24 with just over six minutes left. Alabama's defense got a three and out. Alabama started at their own 40, and with four and a half minutes left, it was crunch time for both teams. On first down, the defending national champions threw a magnificent punch. McCarron hit Kenny Bell on a play action pass that got Alabama all the way down to the Texas A&M six yard line. 
If you haven't seen this game since it happened, you might have forgotten how truly fantastic this game was. Bama scored on a long pass, quickly forced a punt, and nearly scored on another long pass on their next offensive play. Big time college football right there. Alabama at home, down by five, first and goal on the six. As a college football fan, you feel like this is almost automatic. Bama's gonna score, they're gonna take the lead. Texas A&M's defense held, however, and on fourth down, DeShazer Everett made an interception at the goal line. It was Alabama's third turnover, and A&M held on to win 29-24. For Alabama, this game was a tough loss that stung, but all was not lost by any means. Alabama won their second straight national championship with a convincing victory over Notre Dame in the BCS championship game later that season. Texas A&M went on to win the Cotton Bowl and finished fifth in the final AP poll. And Johnny Manziel won the Heisman Trophy. Johnny Manziel's performance at Alabama showed the nation just how dynamic of a football player he truly was. The game lofted him high into the Heisman conversation when he was barely a blip on the radar before the game. I know that's hard to imagine if you remember all of the Johnny football hoopla, but during the Texas A&M Alabama live broadcast on CBS, the network took two breaks to discuss the Heisman. One break was called a Heisman watch, and the other was a Heisman hopefuls comparison. The players mentioned were Wisconsin's Monty Ball, Colin Klein of Kansas State, Alabama's A.J. McCarron, Kenyon Barner of Oregon, Monte Teo of Notre Dame, and Marquis Lee of USC. No portrait of Johnny Manziel in those Heisman graphics, yet he still won the Heisman Trophy that year. So that's one thing that a lot of us have probably forgotten over the years, is how quickly Manziel's Heisman profile raised after that game against Alabama. And here are a couple other things about Johnny Manziel that you may have forgotten over time as well. At one point in the game against Alabama, during the third quarter, Johnny Manziel was 21 of 22 passing in that game. That's right. He made 21 completions in 22 attempts. He made 14 straight completions in that game. Let that sink in for a second. A redshirt freshman on the road at Alabama hitting 21 of his first 22 passes against the defense that eventually won the national championship. That was with Alabama starting five defensive backs against him and two of those defensive backs Haha ha, Clinton Dix and D. Milliner were first-round draft picks in the NFL. Another one of those defensive backs, Robert Lester, played for the Carolina Panthers for a couple of years. Manziel also ran for 92 yards in that game, the exact same amount as Alabama running back Eddie Lacy, a future star with the Green Bay Packers. When you have your quarterback playing like that, it just lifts your entire team. 
Texas A&M had a lot of players step up in that game. Among them, of course, was receiver Ryan Swope, who had 111 yards receiving. Although Johnny Manziel had a tremendous game, Texas A&M won with a team effort, and that included the coaching staff who prepared an excellent game plan. On episode 49 of the Game Before the Money podcast, legendary coach Dick Vermeil shared what he told his underdog UCLA team before the 1976 Rose Bowl against number one ranked Ohio State. He said that if everybody had their best game of the season, they could win. And the Bruins did just that. That's similar to what happened for Texas A&M against Alabama. A lot of those players had marquee games against the Crimson Tide all at the same time. The 2012 Texas A&M-Alabama game has been one of the best college football games so far this century, especially if you're talking regular season. You had a defending national champion who won their second straight national championship that season, going against the most exciting quarterback in college football that year. You had two programs with long histories, both coached at one time by Bear Bryant, playing in a stadium with his nameplate on the front door of Bryant-Denny Stadium. In fact, a lot of the A&M players who played under Bryant were honored before the game, including the only Heisman Trophy winner that Bear Bryant ever coached, John David Crow. Also there was Gene Stallings, who played at Texas A&M under Bear Bryant, was one of the Junction Boys. Stallings also coached A&M to a Cotton Bowl victory over Alabama, and then later coached Alabama to a national title. The game included a lot of future pro players on the field and that year's Heisman Trophy winner. Plus, it was a fantastic game from start to finish. You can likely find it online in its entirety, or you can almost certainly find key highlights of the contest. Johnny Manziel shares with us what his thoughts are about that game today. It was a big team effort. It was a a back and forth game. Really a great college football game. I still go back and watch all the time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Game Before the Money podcast. A special thanks to Johnny Manziel for interviewing and to TriStar Productions. For more great Heisman Trophy winner history, be sure to listen to episode 5 of the Game Before the Money podcast featuring 1962 Heisman Trophy winner Terry Baker from Oregon State. Remember that the book The Game Before the Money is available on Amazon.com and features interviews with Heisman winners Paul Horning, Johnny Lujak, and Johnny Latner. Please visit thegamebeforethemoney.com to learn more. Transcriptions of some podcasts are available at thegamebeforethemoney.com and are powered by our transcription partner, Sonics, spelled S-O-N-I-X. Visit sonics.ai to learn more about their automated transcription services. Future episodes of the Game Before the Money podcast will include stories from San Francisco 49ers Hall of Fame linebacker Dave Wilcox, Denver Broncos legend Lionel Taylor, and 1950s college football great and Chicago Bears legend Bill McCall. The Game Before the Money podcast is available 
on your favorite podcast app and at thegamebeforethemoney.com. Original music for this program produced by Eleven Productions. Thank you.